are now tuned into the best fatherhood radio show in the world. Furthering Fathering Radio Show. It's the Furthering Fathering Radio Show. The, the, the brothers are back in the building. Brother J in NYC and Brother L in the ATL. The, the, the Furthering Fathering Radio Show starts in five, four, three, two, one. You ready? L- l- let's get the conversation started. I emphasize that if anyone is listening to this as a replay or listening to it live, connect with Furthering Fathering. You will be encouraged. You will be edified. The 20, 30 minutes that we're on the radio chopping it up is nothing compared to the energy and the strength you will receive from men who love you just because you're a man. And then as they get to know you, they speak life to you, they challenge you, they affirm you, and they enable you to be powerful where you're needed, which is with your family. Brother Derek, you're saying hello. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Furthering Fathering Multicast, the radio show and the video show. (laughs) We are excited to be alive. Well, you know how we always start, we always want to start with honor, but but we want to take a little pause and, you know, recognize that prior to the pandemic, uh, there was a subtle and slight shift going on in America and even around the world regarding the view of fatherhood. Um, You know, and more specifically, stay-at-home fatherhood. Uh, There was a slight uptick in appreciation. Circumstances, you know, often financial or economic in nature, um, may force many families to make decisions that would benefit the groundedness of their children at the expense sometimes of the father's ego. Since then, and because of sheltering in place, I like to say sheltering in grace, um, because of sheltering in place, uh, something has happened where many dads were forced now or even mandated to stay at home and uh, father and parent their children at a level they hadn't before. It's more appreciated in, in some cases, and even in my personal case, is desired. So join us today as we are in a, gonna have an incredible discussion with the incredible young man you see next to me, uh, Jason Green. But before we do that, we always do, what we always do is we honor our heavenly father first. So I'm gonna turn to Ephesians 6, verses one to four, powerful verses uh, that, that every dad should have in their, uh, either in their memory, or post it somewhere so they have a a clear focus on why we're here and what we do. So Ephesians 6, verses 1 to 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for it is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. And some versions say the nurture of the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord. We need your soul power in our 
minds, our wills, and our emotions as fathers to be that one good dad, the one good dad toward our children in evidence of our wife, in evidence of our brothers and friends, in evidence of our parents, in evidence of our children's friends who may not have that one good dad. Help us, Lord, be evidence of your goodness. Help us to do our good works before others so that they may glorify you as Father. You are our Abba, our left better left. Help us to be lowercase Abbas and that one good dad. You can do a lot with one. We thank you in the matchless name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ. Amen and amen for an incredible time and conversation with Jason Green, one good dad. <laughs> thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yes. Um, you know, uh, we want to say, give a shout out to all uh, those who are listening around the nation. You know, this will be also broadcast on KCAA in San Bernardino in, in, in Los Angeles. It'll be on in WWAE in Atlanta, WCAP in Boston, WCKG in Chicago, and WGHT in New York and New Jersey. Um, you know, I met this incredible young man near Gracie Mansion. Uh, it was many years ago, and we were actually in a parking garage right near Gracie Mansion. And I had nominated my best friend and co-host, uh, who's not here doing further and farther and work right now, um, Lamont Jones, uh, as I call it Father of the Year, but they call it the Dad's Matter Awards. And we met in the parking garage. I think, I don't, I think it was raining or something, but we had a good conversation because it took a time, some time for them to come back with our cars. And it, it created a, a, a connection that, um, you know, you don't tap into it all the time, but you know that when you get a chance to talk to somebody this special, that something special is going to bless others. For those who know further and fathering, it was formed based on our conversation, realizing that our conversations that we were having that were helping each other heal would bless others. So I hope this conversation, I pray that this conversation helps others heal. So Jason, you know, after that meeting, um, you know, at mayor's over the mayor's uh, uh, build, um, residence, quote unquote, Gracie Mansion, where you received the uh, Dad's Matter Award, a lot has happened, but um, I kind of want to focus on prior to then, because, you know, I've followed you and, and seen some of the things you've been doing since then, but I, it was my understanding in researching that you, are, you, you came to New York with a dream, you and your wife, and what was that like? Uh, what was the the impetus what what caused you to move to new york and what was life like for you where you came from because i i still don't know that <laughs> where you came from <laughs> and you know what was your relationship like with your father how did fatherhood impact you even before you got here okay sure uh first of all i'm so glad to be talking to you uh uh i love what you guys do uh with, um seeing men of God just out there uh, promoting fatherhood, um, just 
teaching us all how we should be raising our children. I, I, I love your work and everything you guys are doing. And I'm very thankful for that meeting we had in that parking garage. That was, uh, it, was it was an emotional day for me. And, uh, and just to uh, be standing there and then uh, I forgot how we started talking with each other, but uh, I'm so glad we did. Yes. Um, but yeah, so uh, whenever somebody asks me where I'm from, I always have a hard time answering that question because I moved around a lot when I was a kid. Uh, I, till I was 16 years old, I grew up in a small town in Oklahoma. I mean, it was small, like less than 3,000 people in town, small. Uh, and then I moved to the Cleveland area, which was you know, quite a bit of a change. And then uh, uh, after high school, I graduated high school, I lived, in, I lived in the Cleveland area and did theater and that sort of thing, and then decided to go to college in uh, Mount Vernon, uh, Ohio. And then after college, I moved to Columbus. Uh, so I, I guess I'm from Ohio. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I follow Ohio sports teams. And so I said, yes. so I guess I'm from Ohio. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, my wife and I were friends through college. She went to, we went to different colleges, but, um, but we became friends and we both ended up in uh, Columbus, Ohio. I was working and she got a job there and then we started dating, got engaged. And while we were, while, uh, we were engaged in planning our life together and talking about what direction, where we were gonna go. Um, my wife wanted to go to law school and mm -hmm. I had the dream since I was a little kid to live in New York City and to be an actor. Um, so I was doing theater in Ohio and working and um, my wife was working at the state house. And we said, you know, let's, let's make the jump. Let's, uh, she applied for school in uh, law school in, in New York City and so uh, and I, so we moved here for her law school, and so that I could audition and and and, and try to be, you know, full, to fulfill the dream that I had since I was little. And so that's how that's why we ended up here. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. So both of you, and it's beautiful that both of your occupations have to do with uh, con uh, conveying a message. Mm -hmm. uh, um. um and, and so I can imagine the conversations that you guys have is phenomenal. <laughs> some some deep, thoughtful uh, uh, and uh, introspective, and also uh, learning. A little probably a lot of learning between the two of you just in your conversations. Oh, and always spirited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's gonna get there. Yeah. Uh, conversations always passionate. Uh, very very uh, high level uh, in in a wide variety of ways and. Uh, Always, uh, both of us always have a point to make. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's phenomenal. That's phenomenal because, you know, um, and, and it's beautiful also, uh, and we'll get to your, to, to, uh, your greatest role because, you know, sure. acting is about character and it's about role. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it, it takes a lot of training, um, to, to, to imbibe and to, to understand the character. But there's something that our father does <laughs> right. that causes us to really check our character. And um, it gives us one of the greatest roles we could ever have. Now, in, in your bio, you, you, you say that your wife told you what this role was. What, what was that role? <laughs> yeah, so... Uh... 
Right. So I was, uh, we were in New York City. She's in law school. Um, and I was auditioning. And at the same time, if you are a young actor in New York, that means you have a lot of terrible jobs. And so <laughs> a lot of thankless jobs. Um, I shouldn't say terrible. They, you know, uh, they're jobs, but uh, uh, I worked several different jobs. And one of the jobs was at a retail store. And so, and just a shout out to retail employees, be nice to them. Yes. <laughs> they are not getting paid a lot of money to do, uh, to wait on you hand and foot. So always be nice to retail <laughs> employees. Yes. But I was working at a retail store and uh, uh, one of the things that retail employees have to do is once a season, you have to change the whole store out. And so that happens overnight. And so I just got, I just finished changing the whole store over as I was exhausted. So I came home to, uh, to sleep and that day I also had Letterman tickets. I had tickets to see David Letterman and they, they taped that show around five o'clock. So I was really looking forward to seeing David Letterman and I was also exhausted and I was tired. And so I just got home and I wanted to sleep. I was tired and I took, it took a while to fall asleep. So I finally fell asleep and then I'm sleeping, I'm in bed and my wife comes over and nudges me. And so and I was pretty cranky and grumpy and I probably said something like go away or leave me alone or something like that. But she like gently was, you know, getting my, trying to get my attention. And so then she said, uh, we're, we're going to have a baby. And to this day, they're the most beautiful words I think I've ever heard. Um, I lost my grumpiness like that. <laughs> and I, I sat up and, um, um, I didn't realize just how drastically my dreams and life would change. Uh, like up until then, I, I wanted to be an actor more than anything. That was my ultimate goal was to be an actor on stage, on screen, to have like worldwide recognition of, uh, of what I prepared my life to be up until that point. But as soon as she said that, everything changed. Like the greatest role I would ever receive from here on out would be the role of fatherhood. That eclipses any role I would ever get on stage or on screen. The role of fatherhood is the ultimate and best. You'll never win a, uh, an Oscar or an Emmy for, for being, uh, you know, that, that. but um, it, 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 it changed my dreams. Um, and a lot, I hear a lot of men saying that they're, um, it took a while to love their baby or kid, or it took them a while to, um, to feel like a dad or a daddy, um, uh, or that they didn't have a connection. They didn't have a connection for a while. Even some dads, they didn't have a connection until they was a toddler even. But right. I had a connection as soon as I heard those words. Mm-hmm. I had a connection to what was growing inside my wife, that yeah. I was going to... I was going to be great at this <laughs> and, and, and I was going to love that baby and I was going to do the best job that I, I could possibly do. Well, that's, that's phenomenal. You know, at further and farther, we, we, we always teach that, you know, God doesn't just put children in your life for you to raise them and raise means elevate. You want them to be uh, at a higher level than where you are. That's why the, the focus, one of the things that changes your focus, but God doesn't just give you children for you to raise them. In the process, he changes you, mm-hmm. right? And right. I remember looking at 
Oh, I, I was there for the birth of all four of mine. And I remember Ellington, my eldest, and looking and asking myself, what was I doing that was so important before this? I remember looking at him, his eyes looking at my, mine, at literally newborn, and I'm, I'm looking, what was so important before this? So he, he, he gives us children to raise, but he also gives us children to change us, and we become more focused on what's important. And then you add in the pandemic, wow, yeah. <laughs> wow. Look, fatherhood is really, uh, the importance of fatherhood has become uh, 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 more noticeable and more highlighted even now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're going to go for a, a quick break. We're going to go for a quick break, and we'll be right back. Fly TV, the home of on-demand talk shows and so much more, where celebrities, athletes, and entertainers put their content on to be seen by their fans. For more information, visit Fly TV at fli.tv.com. Ladies, life is too short to be seen wearing boring jewelry. Come on over to Unique Loop-de-Loop, -loop, handmade jewelry and designs for your exclusive one-of-a-kind, boho, sleek, fashionable jewelry. Log on to www.uniqueloopdeloop.com or join me on Instagram Live at Unique Loop D5 each Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Haven Church Global, the safe place to grow in grace where peace is made and the truth makes us free. Join the Haven Church Global's e-service every Sunday at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for a word of encouragement on Jeremy Anthony Maynard's Facebook page and the Jeremy Maynard YouTube page. For more information, visit havenchurchofny.org. Let's get the conversation started. We're back. And we're doing an interview with the incredible actor and writer, <laughs> Jason Green, um, in his greatest role as one good dad. You know, um, your move to New York was about acting. And I saw your website. And your website, you can say what your, what's your website? It's, it's, it's onegooddad.com. Yes, onegooddad.com. Dot com and, or, or, or I also noticed there's one the Jason the Jason Green right yeah so at, at first my blog was called the Jason Green um, and I didn't add the the dad title until uh, after a couple of years when I realized I was only writing about being a dad anymore and so <laughs> I wanted to uh, be easier I wanted people to have an easier time to find me so I changed yeah. it to one good dad. Yes, because even on IMDb, there's a lot of a lot more Jason Greens than I expect. There are, yeah, yeah, yes. So, uh, you said, uh, um, uh, what role does your personal fatherhood play um, in your pursuit as a social media influencer? Because I noticed you, 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 you do a, a, a quite uh, a blog that covers a lot of bases, a lot of areas where fatherhood is concerned. I even saw the recent movie, the recent Marvel movie, you wrote about the recent Marvel movie, uh, Doctor Strange, you, you've written about the parks, you've written about various aspects of fatherhood. 
and um, how could you can impact uh, and be wise as a father, even as you gave your review, you included uh, uh, whether it was suitable. You had you had to take into into account the, the you know where your child is. So, what role does your personal fatherhood play in your pursuit uh, as a social media influencer? Yeah. So uh, for my blog and social media, uh, it's almost a, a one-stop dad spot, right? It's uh, something for every, so you can find something for everything, whether, whether it be travel or my movie reviews. I, I, I know a lot of dads love seeing superhero movies with their kids and not all superhero movies are, uh, are suitable for kids or, yes. or maybe you, you want to know when you should cover your child's eyes or not because if you're like me you love seeing superhero movies with your kids i have a 10 year old who loves marvel movies i love seeing marvel movies with him but there are some things that he shouldn't see and so uh, i want to see things i go to the movies before he he does so i i know all right this is when he's gonna he sh i should cover his eyes his ears and, and, and maybe this isn't suitable maybe he shouldn't watch this at all right and so i write about the marvel movies or the superhero movies and uh, so I, I cover like a wide range of things, but um, as far as writing about social issues, I didn't always write about social issues. I, um, at first my blog was just about being, um, being a dad and dad tips and how to do this or that. But if you're constantly having to encounter one tragedy after, uh, after another, with my kids and seeing people struggle to talk to their kids about them. I felt as one, I have to share how I talk to my kids about um, the various problems going on in the world. And so I had, it, I shared about that, but at the same time, if you're a dad, mm -hmm. you want your kids to inherit the, a, a good world. You want them to inherit a place. You want to leave this place better than what you found it. Yes, And so I want to leave this world better for my kids. And I want to teach my kids how to make the world better because this world is, you know, just like everyone, just like people, it's a work in progress. And so uh, I just want to give my kids the tools to make the world a better place. And I want to make the world a better place as I do that and, and lead by an example. I want my kids to see me, see my activism, see how I, I, not only my activism, but my activism with love, um, yes. how I love my neighbor and, um, and how that, how loving my neighbor impacts my, how I want, uh, how my efforts should be in this world. So, uh, so I include all that in my social media. I, I, I don't want my social media just be a place where I'm mad and yelling like so many other people on social media i want to like promote something i want to share love i want to i want justice to be served i want to promote social justice and mm -hmm. um i don't want to be just a bystander when there are terrible things going on in the world and just want somebody else to say something or want somebody else to do something you know living in new york you're on the subway and a big thing you hear all the time is if you see something say something and so I'm very passionate about it. If I see something, I'd better say something because yes. someone needs to step up to say something. So that's what, so I use my social media and my blog because I do have a platform. It's a small platform, but it is a platform. So um, I don't want to just be out there shouting 
anger. I wanted to be shouting uh, anger with love, like, you know, that I can be upset, but I want to, I want to show others that I, I care about them. I care about what's going on in the world and here's what I'm doing. And I want my kids to see that. We're speaking at a time, um, and I, I was going to go into the Marvel, but, but you went in the direction uh, that we were going to go into anyway, where we're at a time where um, you have incredible tragedies happening. And because of uh, not only uh, what we would call normal media, but we have social media. And so now the word travels and, and opinions travel uh, and, and commentary travels at a much faster rate. And sometimes that rate is, uh, uh, I, I'm not, I haven't stated the age of your children, but uh, if your children are old enough, sometimes if they're on social media, they get the information even before you do. I remember I was getting ready to do a Bible study with my family and my daughter came in the morning that, that uh, Kobe Bryant died. She said, Kobe Bryant died, you know, because she happened to be, had been on Twitter at the time and she saw it. So the information sometimes gets to our children before us. Now, we recently, uh, just a few days ago, uh, in our state, uh, New York, uh, in Buffalo, upstate New York, uh, there, was a there was a tragedy where uh, a young man spent a lot of time planning um, a lot of time planning and even had a conversation with a gentleman the day before, um, uh, but still went into a grocery store with an automatic weapon and uh, killed uh, at least a dozen people. I don't know how many injured, but I know he killed at least a dozen people. Um, as a dad, you know, you want to talk to your children about things like this, because you kind of went in this direction. You know, you want to talk to your children and then you have the dynamic of race. Um, you have the dynamic of race. And um, in a country that is growing all the more polarized um, and, and especially you said the, 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 the glue that holds everything together is love. How do you not only convey this because it's hard for them not to hear it, um, I intentionally, because I was at 9-11, and I intentionally, and even though my, my cousin, uh, Checky Ann, is, 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 a, is a news reporter on Channel 4, even though she's a, a, a news reporter, I personally do not watch the news. I know I'm going to get it from my wife. I know I'm going to see it on social media. I don't need to, <laughs> to know ahead of time, right? <laughs> so um, how do you convey the tragedy, and how do you uh, uh, airmark the teachable moments and uh, the messaging that you're going to give to your children, and hopefully that you also put in your blog. Yeah, so um, my oldest is turning 18, and my youngest is six. So I have four kids, uh, so um, wide range. And so I've been talking about difficult conversations for a very long time. Um, so with my older teens, I, I mean, I've been talking about um, uh, you know, George Floyd, I've been talking about um, uh, school shootings, I've been talking about uh, Me Too. So um, I've been having these conversations with my teenagers for a long time since they were little. And, and as far as like talking to your kids, um, 
I, I'm trying to split your, your question up here. So first of all, talking about like difficult things. Um, my six-year-old, since she's, she's in first grade, since she's been in pre-K, several times a year, she has to do a drill where she hides in a closet or a cubby hole for an active shooter drill. Wow. So, and during this like 30 minutes or 45 minutes, however long that they're doing this drill, she has to be quiet and pretend that there's somebody walking up and down the hallways looking to kill her and her classmates. This is what our kids are growing up in and have to do in these active shooter drills in their school. And that's, and our approach to this is make them hide. And that's our only solution. So there's gotta be much more solutions than that. Much more, a much larger conversation of what we need to do, what our government officials need to do to change that than just making people hide. Um, But that's a whole other discussion for another day. But uh, so kids are already ready to have difficult conversations. It's just how do you address it? She's already, she already knows that she, I mean, she has to do this drill. So she knows that bad guys do bad things. So she's ready. They're ready at an early age to have these conversations. Kids can, I mean, it's all in your delivery. But if you deliver well, you can have these tough conversations. The conversation I have with her about what's going on in the world, um, whether it is race relations, uh, you know, the the, act, the, the shooter in Buffalo, um, yep. what's going on in Ukraine, school mm-hmm. shootings, mass shootings, whatever. Uh, they're, they're much different from my teenagers to my little ones. For my teenagers, it's much more broad, blatant, um, more of a discussion and hearing and things out. For the younger ones, it's uh, you know, you don't go over all the details, but, uh, but as I said before, I, you have to have these conversations with them, I believe, at an early age, because, um, I mean, like, like Whitney saying, children are the future, teach them well, let them lead, and so I want, they're going to be my leaders someday, and so I want them to start problem solving, the earlier the better, so when they get there, they're ready to lead, um, yes. so uh, my conversations are always start them early that way uh you can have much broader more in-depth conversations more detailed conversations later um now as far as what's happened in buffalo i mean i mean it just happened a few days ago it's just uh it's it's heartbreaking and it's sad and it's something that like as a it it, not really always sure how to talk about race relations because uh a lot of times I, i think like the world doesn't need another middle-aged white man talking about race. Talking about race, no. like, what, you know. Uh, so I, I, I always want to be very careful in how I talk about racism because I don't have, I, I don't have personal experience, yeah. and I don't, and I can never understand what it's like to experience racism. But then, so I feel like, should I talk about it? Is it something that I have a voice about? Or I should, because like one time I was at a, a Black Lives Matter uh, protest or, uh, and, and there was a, a big group of people, there's a big group, a wide variety group of people and, and someone had a megaphone in the middle and you were supposed to come up and, and speak into the megaphone about, about Black Lives Matter and what it means to you. And I was getting really frustrated because one by one, uh, someone like a white person would go up and, and sort of bogart the microphone. 
And I, and I was feeling embarrassed and angry all at the same time. Like, this is not your time. You know, this is your time to listen, just listen. So a lot of times when there's uh, um, these, these moments of racism and when it's like this public like this, um, I wanna sit back and I wanna listen first before I say anything. And so like what would happen in Buffalo is so new. Like I've been still trying to like, I'm trying to amplify what other people are saying and but again, as I said before, um, growing up in New York, if you see something, you say something. And so at, at the same time, I went like, no, I, there are evils going on in the world. And so I have something to say. And as a white guy, I should be like saying things. Like I, I first, when I first started talking about racism, I felt like I was on a, like a white apology tour. Like I was apologizing for all the horrible things white people have done over the years. And uh, over throughout history and that was I didn't really you know I was like wasn't really helping anything um right. sure it was uh, you know but steps had to be made to make things for the better of the future and so like I thought you reason why are so why is this happening and what's the reason and so I'm looking like a lot of it I think is like white entitlement like what so many white people are afraid that their way of life is going to be changed or impacted they don't get to see what they want to see as much anymore they don't get to hear what they want to hear and things are changing for them and so they're angry and so i want to make sure my kids i'm i got four white kids that that there is no white entitlement that there is no that this is a shared world that it's not theirs it is everyone's uh, and so that is my job as a white parent raising white kids that this idea of white entitlement is, is erased with them and stops with them and helps them learn to be able to see it and recognize it and be able to maybe change with whoever they're speaking with or whoever they're around. That's powerful. That's powerful. That, um, you know, you, uh, you captured some of the difficulty in conveying it. Um, but I, it, uh, I agree that it's a time to listen, but in the, in the, in King, in the James 1, 19 and 12, 20, it tells us to be quick to listen, slow to speak and mm -hmm. slow to wrath for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. It is time to, to, to listen. Yes, it is a time to listen. And as you're listening, you're capturing not only what didn't work, but you're also highlighting what does work. And to have the dialogue does work. To, uh, and, and it is important that we understand that, that this is not something that happened overnight. Oh, yeah. It didn't happen overnight. It's not going to be solved overnight if it's ever solved. And, um, but it's important that you recognize that it's not just a talk. In past generations, we talk about having the talk, usually talking about sex or what have you, or any issue, the talk. When, in other words, dad would sit down or mom would sit down with the kids and have the talk, the one time. But what you got into was the conversation. You see, the, 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 the conversation allows their, that's the beauty of being present 
with your child or be, being present, whether, whether you're white with, with, with black folks or black folks with white folks, is when you're present, you allow for the undulations of change to happen in real time. Um, and there's an appreciation of the, 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 the change going on. It's not an instant gratification, even though it's pushed out to us that there is such thing as instant gratification. Really, the, the more things that you focus on that are instant, those use things are usually not good for you. The best things take time. Right. And uh, uh, over time, the conversation uh, has to continue. So yes, the, the, um, uh, there is a conversation that needs to continue, uh, that needs to continue in, in order for there to be healing. Mm -hmm. um, that's what's necessary is healing because this is a time of mourning. That's why the words are difficult to find. It's just like when you go to a funeral and you, you it, sometimes it's being there and embracing the person that's hurting that matters. Mm -hmm. it's, the, the, you, you appreciate the presence and genuine care. That's that. That's when, um, when uh, the conversation is being effective. It's not necessarily the quality of vocabulary. It's the quality of care. So, so uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, I'm gonna, we're going to take a break because, uh, 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 and we'll be right back. Fly TV the home of on-demand talk shows and so much more where celebrities, athletes, and entertainers put their content on to be seen by their fans. For more information, visit Fly TV at fli.tv.com. Ladies, life is too short to be seen wearing boring jewelry. Come on over to Unique Loop-de-Loop handmade jewelry and designs for your exclusive one-of-a-kind boho sleek fashionable jewelry log on to www.uniqueloopdeloop.com or join me on instagram live at unique loop d5 each wednesday 8 p.m Eastern standard time haven church global the safe place to grow in grace where peace is made and the truth makes us free join the haven church global's e-service every Sunday at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for a word of encouragement on Jeremy Anthony Maynard's Facebook page and the Jeremy Maynard YouTube page. For more information, visit HavenChurchOfNY.org. Let's get the conversation started. Okay, and we are back. We are on the Furthering Father and Radio Show on Multicast with the incredible Jason Green uh, in his greatest role. He's an actor, but his greatest role is as one good dad. Well, you know, speaking of acting, I always had an issue with the portrayal of fathers on television. It's almost like an intentional divide and conquer so for, for control. Just, I think like that sometimes. Like, you want there to be a division where everyone looks at dad as a fool because every, for the most part, you'll find a few sprinklings here and there, but for the most part, the, 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 the fool on the show is usually the dad. And it, it, it bothered me. It, and, and it no longer bothers me because I do not watch a lot of regular television anymore anyway. <laughs> so, but, um, um, you know, as an actor, as 
Uh, can you speak to overcoming? Um, um, because you know, there's a strength in stay, being a stay-at-home dad. There's something about being a stay-at-home dad. And we didn't really, really mention that in the beginning, that uh, you yourself, you know, uh, are uh, are a stay-at-home dad, and it's a blessing to your children to see you uh, through the machinations of your growth. See that you're, we're not just watching them grow; they're actually watching us grow too. They're learning how to parent. Uh, uh, OJT, you know, on. Uh, so, so you as a stay-at-home dad, you know, um, overcoming the stigmas. Um, uh, what were your days like? What is it like to have constant contact with your children? What are the the pluses and the and the minuses of it? Because I know some understand a little more now because of COVID and and mm -hmm. and the uh, the pandemic. But yeah, you were in it long before that. <laughs> yeah, so I've been a stay-at-home dad since pretty much the beginning. Uh, so for eight, uh, you know, eight, almost 18 years now, I've been a stay-at-home dad. Um, I love it. I, lo I, I, I love, uh, I, I haven't missed anything that my kids have done. I, first steps, first bicycle ride, first ice cream cone, first, you know, whatever the first words, whatever it was, I, I have witnessed it firsthand right there with, right there alongside of them, um. So I, I love being at Say I'm Dead. Uh, it, it's given, it is a privilege. Um, uh, and my kids are, uh, because I've been a stay-at-home uh, dad, I, I've been able to, I've had the freedom to take them, uh, you know, living in New York. It, New York City is a great place to be a stay-at-home parent because there is so much right outside, the world is right outside your doorstep. Yeah. And and you can actually do it pretty cheap in New York City with outside with free museums and that sort of thing. So yes. uh, I've been able to take my kids to museums. They have experienced a wide range of cultures, wide range of food, because I've been able to uh, have the, just have the freedom of a free day to go and do that with them. And, 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 and as I start school, do school work them, with them and help them and see their struggles and help them through that and for them to see my struggles as well. Um, and just to to be there I, I think a lot of dads uh we grew up a lot of us have grown up without a present father mm -hmm. um and so when you are a stay-at-home dad you get to right those wrongs and you get to uh end that line of uh, uh in that line of not being there it's, yeah. it stops with you and so um you don't have to be a stay-at-home dad to do that obviously mm -hmm. but um it is it's just been a privilege to watch the world through their eyes. Um, so I love being a stay-at-home dad. There's a lot of challenges. Uh, um, it's, it can be isolating. It can be, uh, you can, there are times it can be lonely because talking with kids or toddlers all day, that's your, that's your uh, adult conversation. And, uh, and so you, you miss hanging out with, uh, other men and groups, which was, I'm very thankful that I, I came across the New York City Dads group when I did, um, when my kids were little, because I was craving uh, adult conversation and, 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 and male friends. Um, and I was going to a lot of mommy and me classes, <laughs> but uh, I, I didn't have a lot of male friends. And so uh, finding something like, uh, you know, NYC Dads group, um, which they have city dads group now. So there's like dads groups throughout the country. 
yes. but finding a group like that where I could take my kids and also to play to you know meetups and and, yes. and, and so that that was that had been great but like uh, being a stay-at-home dad has been amazing I, I've loved it um I love everything about it um it is hard uh and, and there are there is a belief that maybe you're not I, I I do meet some men sometimes uh you know I've been to uh work parties or events with my wife and I've told and I told people well, I'm a, you know they always say like what do you do and I said well I'm a stay-at-home dad mm-hmm. and there's like uh you see like a you know like you can see the Someone's working and they're like i don't know how to talk to this guy and, you know and you hear things from people like uh you know uh, i couldn't do that or or you have and, and sometimes you you feel like you they, they attack your manhood that you're not earning enough money for your family or, or whatever um and i always say you know taking a sacrifice for my family i don't know what's more manly than that uh, uh so but yeah i i've loved being a stay-at-home dad and, and, and you brought up a, a, about the media, the portrayal of fathers on screen. Yes. And it's something that has annoyed me for a very long time. Uh, I don't watch a lot of updated television. So, uh, you know, um, but yeah, there, like you said, there were sprinklings of good fathers throughout TV. Uh, I know uh, um, there are a couple of dads that I, whenever I talk about dads on TV that I bring up, like the, the dad on Full House, uh, Danny Tanner, or Uncle yeah. Phil on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Um, and, and, and some there's so there are dads like that who I think were like the perfect father who were emotionally available for their children, um, were strong in character and just all around good men. Um, right. And willing to make sacrifices for their families, uh, yeah. uh, and so there are sprinklings like them throughout. But there, there's a there's a, there's a lot of men on TV that they were a, they were a good dad if their wives taught them how to be, or told them what to do, or pushed them or pushed them into doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, like I remember, like a, a conversation I had a while ago. Like someone said that the dad on Leave It the Beaver was this like perfect dad. Like really, every time he did something with the boys is when his wife said, "Like you need to go talk to the Beaver or whatever." You know, <laughs> and, and there was no like initiative. Uh, so there was there was that, or there was the jerk dad, yes. like Al Bundy or some of these guys who were just yes. jerks, um, <laughs> and. And are there, there was ultra macho dads, uh, you know, um, so there wasn't a lot of good stereo, good stereotypes of, there was always negative ones. Yes. Uh, but what annoyed me more than I think portrayal on TVs or movies of, uh, of dads was commercials, um, especially as a stay-at-home dad where I'm doing all the cleaning. And then there would be like, uh, or, you know, I would do the majority of the cleaning, the changing of the diapers and everything. And then you would see it like a Pampers commercial where a dad doesn't know how to change a diaper or, or the kitchen is a mess because dad was left home with the kids one night while the mom went on a, a night out. Right. And those commercials just drove me up the wall because I would think here I am doing it all at the house. And, uh, and this is, I'm supposed to, you're, who, who are you advertising to? I'm the one that's going to go to the grocery store. And, and uh, so I would, I would occasionally, you know, uh, use my social media voice to say to call out companies and, and, and to a, a lot of companies credit, um, they, they did make changes. Yes. Yes. As a matter of fact, um, you, you uh, being an actor, 
Uh, I've noticed that you've been on television a few times. And mm. uh, I, I, the Essential Dad, I saw that on YouTube, the Essential Dad commercial. I believe that was Johnson & Johnson. Yeah. Or, yeah uh, um, and that was you. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was funny. That commercial, I, I was... I. I had just finished coaching my son's soccer team. And so I had lost my voice. And so everything I said in that commercial, I had to like, cause my voice was like this. And so I had to like use my old acting training to try to get any noise out of my throat. So, wow. yeah. But yeah, I, I, I've been lucky enough to uh, make some, I, bet I made some commercials. Johnson and Johnson was a, was great to work with. And I've been on uh, quite a few news programs. I've done good morning America. Um, so you were Strahan. I saw you with Strahan. Yeah, I was on uh, there with I was Strahan, uh, <laughs> and uh, I've been on some news, uh, local news, and from some even like news from around the world. I've been on a like I, a few years ago. I was on a Russian news channel because they don't have a they don't have stay at home dads in Russia, and so <laughs> somehow they got a hold. They they found me and they came uh, to my house and talked and asked me questions about being a dad, uh, and also like. In Germany, Japan, France, I, I've been able to promote fatherhood around the world that way. Oh, well, well, you know, we do, the, we do the same thing. We promote fatherhood Absol around the world. <laughs> Absolutely, man. That's great. Awesome. 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 Now, we love what you're doing with fatherhood. We love what you're doing with fatherhood. And we want to know, further in fathering, how can we help you do what you do? Uh, we we are very serious about sharing stories, not just like this, but the mind and the heart behind it, to, to, so that it's tangible for people. This is the reason why they came from those countries to talk to you, mm -hmm. because they wanted to understand how the hows, the whys, the wheres, and and what have you. Because it's something that ultimately we all have to deal with, whether you go to work and you have to deal with your children when you come home, or you're at home and you have to deal with them twenty four seven you have to deal with your children mm -hmm. and it has to be qualitative because the man's voice, we speak less than our wives. <laughs> At least I do. I speak a little less. Right. And, and because something is rare means it's more valuable. So we have to be really focused and hone in on what we're going to say, because as you said, it's not just the talk, it's the conversation. So um, with that said, how can we be a blessing to a one good dad. <laughs> yeah, well, I appreciate that, but I really, I mean, having me on the show, you know, your shows today, I mean, this is a privilege for me. I'm very honored to be here and I'm very thankful. So I, I really don't know what, I mean, what you guys are, are already doing is phenomenal um, for showing that there are caring fathers out there who are doing the work and doing a good job. Um, and putting fatherhood front and center, uh, fatherhood and your faith front and center. Uh, so I think what you guys are doing is, I, I don't know what more I could ask for it. I mean, this is the second time I've been on your show and I, 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 uh, I'm very thankful. Uh, to well, be here. You know, that means we, we have to have you back. <laughs> <laughs> I would come back at any time you want because I, I think there are a lot of discussions that we could take, a lot of directions. Yes, yes. And with that said, um, we're going to close out uh, Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this incredible time, for you are the ultimate stay-at-home dad. You are resident in our hearts. That is the home we want you to live in. 
So out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth is empowered to continue the conversation that results in blessing. I ask that you continue to watch over Jason and his family as that one good dad is impacting more than his, his circle. It, his circle is beyond his imagination because his word is encouraging and empowering that you can operate in the nurture and the admonition of you, Lord, and bless your children, being available, being, uh, being a listener, being a doer. Don't just complain about the problem. Do something about it and do it in love. You are love, Lord. You are our Abba, and you are furthering fathering. You cause us, Lord, to operate in our five core principles, honor, encouragement, accountability, reconciliation and training, H-E-A-R-T. Pull us to your heart, Lord, so that we may share your heart, Lord, so that we may be honorable, we may be encouraging, we may be accountable, that we may help others reconcile, and that through the expertise that comes through hearing and the faith growing through hearing, that we may train up our children and train up each other in the matchless name, in the modeling of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ, according to the Ruach HaKadosh, the Holy Ghost. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Awesome time with you. I look forward to doing it again. Uh, we could talk some Marvel. We could, we could go so many directions with you. <laughs> so many directions to take. Star Wars is coming out soon. Yeah, The Obi-Wan Kenobi show. So yeah. we could talk about a lot of things. <laughs> so much, yeah. It's endless. We got our Knicks, our Nets. We got our Yankees, our Mets, our Giants, our Jets. We have a lot to talk about. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah. So love you. Thank you for being on. And, and I know that uh, you'll have a lot to write about, but also uh, there's a lot of right that you can focus on. Mm -hmm. And um, God bless you, your wife, your children, and all that you do. Thanks, Hope to talk you. to you soon. Bye. Bye. Awesome.